102 FM. The following is the podcast of County Views is broadcast on the 24th of June 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on Westlandwick 102 FM. Carol McCarton joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Bryan for the discussion as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie. Welcome, folks. We're back again on this Wednesday night, and it's going, this program is going out live, County Views. And Jason Smith, of course, as usual, is in the controls, and I'm joined by Tom Ryan, our usual most reliable man, and also by Coral McCurton, who is equally very reliable when his turn comes, he never misses and he's never late. And that does help the heart condition that I have. <clears throat> if you want to phone in on any topic whatsoever, it is 0696600, or takes 0871669800. That is 0696200 or 087-166-9800. And you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM broadcasting from Newcastle West. My name is Pat O'Donovan. And also just a reminder to people that there was a new holding program show going out on County Views. Well, it's not on County Views, but it's going out every Thursday at 12 o'clock until 1 in the afternoon. afternoon, Yes, it's dealing with the history and the activities of hurling clubs throughout West Limerick since 1970 to date. So that is on tomorrow, Thursday at 12 o'clock, and it should be repeated then tomorrow night at about half past 10 as well. So we have uh, six clubs already interviewed, so that is something to look forward to. And I got a few phone calls there this evening telling me that uh, the Limerick Leader now comes out on a Wednesday, and that page six is quite an interesting one, so I'm sure this is part of it. I just had a quick look and it gives you the, the population of it's based on the Limerick by electoral division. So as you would be voting in your area, that is the way it comes. And run, I, I'll just quote the West Limerick ones and I'll quote Tom Ryan's area if I spot it as well. As Kate Neist has a population of 622 people and less than five in the COVID area. As Caton West, they had six COVID-19 cases. Ahanish had less than five. Ballingarry, less than five. Ballyallen, and less than five. And Ballybricken is your country, Tom. That was less than five. And Ballina Carriga had seven cases of the virus. And uh, Cool Russ in Brewery had less than five. Croke, less than five. Croom had seven cases. Dromard, Radkeel had six cases. And Dunneman, Croom, less than five. Kilcornan, less than five. Kilscannell, less than five as well. Lahal, less than five. Redkeel Urban was 13 cases, so that would be the town of Redkeel had 13 cases, whereas local conversation and local topic was said there was no case in Redkeel from all the experts. 
but it now transpires there were 13 cases of the COVID in Red Keel, and in the rural area Red Keel, it was less than five. Riddlestown, less than five. Shannon Golden, less than five. Shannon, less than five. So we assume, lads, when it says less than five, that there were some cases. I think that's what it says. There was cases. Well, that have to be sure. <laughs> saying that they haven't listed, but there were less than yeah. five. <coughs> Abington, now Patrick, at Lackey, Billy Landers. I'm going down Langham now. Kathleen Keane. I suppose that's the right keel, that particular area. And then we'll jump to the the Newcastle West municipal district, which covers us. Abbey Field had less than five. Arda, less than five. Berlin, Tober, all these, all these were less than five. Berlin, Grand, Berlin, Berlin, West, Bula, Broadford, all less than five. Cahar, Castletown, Clean, Glass, Clown, Cah, Dengen, Beg, Drum, Colour, Drum, Trasna, Fina, Gary Duff, Glen, Agour, Glen, Gort, Glen, Shuttled, and Glen, all less than five. And Kilfergus, less than five. I'm talking about the COVID number of cases that were in each of those areas. And Lockaderry, Mahona, Monaghan, Mount Collins, Mount Plummer, and Newcastle West Rural, less than five. Newcastle West Urban Town, they had 14 cases. Port in Abbeyfield, all less than five. Rathrow and Ruska. So it was the towns there, lads, all the other areas at less than five, with Newcastle West having 14 cases. And Redkeel, Urban had 13 cases for quite a small population, is quite high. And the city. There was Limerick North Rural had 11, Abbey area had 16, and down long it's running fairly high figures in the city. Bally Simon had 52 cases of the COVID. Bally Vara, 20 cases. Castle Connell was less than five. Limerick South Rural was nine. Roxbury, eight. Calvone, six. Calvone, B, minus five. Glintford, minus five. Glintford, B, was 10. And Singland B is 10, and Castle D 10. City West, Ballycommon, Ballycommon, Tom, 65 cases. And uh, Clarina, 13 cases. Carrig, 5. All the rest in the areas with Dock A had 7. So um, I think, Tom, that is a bit of an eye opener in Corral that we had that many here in the town of Newcastle West, 14 cases, and in Redkeel town there was 13 cases. Well, if, if you look at the trend, um, Pat, it would indicate to, to me like that, the rural areas again, you know, areas of tight population, you know, that's where, the, that's where it appears to have been most, you know, as people were most at risk, and so that proves it, like, you know, that the towns, even the very small towns, but still not, you know, a lot of them didn't contain nursing homes, and they had a lot of, they had a lot of risk, you know, so it's, uh, I suppose, it's a statistic that won't be, won't do any harm for people to have, but it's still, I think five people died today, you know, was, you know so it's still there, like, and it's going to be there for a while. Yeah, I think a lot of people seem to think that, oh, there isn't any cases around here I'm all right work away. What are you doing? Yeah. So this is a this is this is the big problem that the government have at the moment and the medics have, you know, these these experts like are being put under serious pressure now by the politicians because, you know, to, to, for to reopen and 
you know, just you know, exercise caution, and they're not being listened to. You know, and there's no doubt about that. Like, that there's a lot of there's a lot of cases of just carelessness at the moment and downright, you know, opposition to the to, to the to the conditions that really need to be adhered to. Every one of them, every day and every until this thing is until there's, until there's vaccine got for really, you know, because it's a, it, it, it's a five deaths today. One more five, I think. It's a shock. It's five five deaths and three yesterday. You know, it is. It's still it's still around, and it's no um, cases are high enough really, haven't they? Each day. Well, there are there are new cases coming. You know, I suppose they have they have a lot of work done. I suppose we're lucky in comparison to what's happening all over the world. Look at America. Look at Brazil. All South America, and wait, and look at India and Pakistan and all those countries. They see just huge populated countries. Millions and millions of people in them. China's back in Beijing again, you know, and, and you can't depend on the Chinese. Like, I mean, they were the crowd that that initiated this in the first, and the information that came out of it was late and false, a lot of it. And, uh, you know, so we were probably, if you can say, with 1,700 people dead, we're probably lucky it could have been, uh, been 17,000 as well, you know, so we would have to be thankful for it, I suppose. I mean, but what's really now, I think, is <laughs> people want to do is, and especially the media, you know, they want to lay off now because they're leading the campaign now and every time you turn on the radio, you have the GA, you have the soccer, you have the rugby. Did you hear about the GA and about the soccer and the rugby if there was no match to play this year, high up or holy? This is a matter of life or death. And they've been asked stupid questions. Is it one metre or is it two metres? Do you wear a mask or don't you wear a mask? It's all repetition. And they're only waiting for someone to make a statement. Corral McCurton. Yeah. What Thomas said there, I couldn't disagree with it. Um, of course, I suppose uh, there's been a lot of, uh, a certain amount of scaremongering and a lot of, uh, as, as Thomas said, repetition. And it's like everything, when you hear the same story over and over and over again, maybe like you don't hear it and you don't uh, uh, put as much uh, emphasis on it and you tend to actually, we say, dismiss it. But I would say there is a certain impatience um, out there. Um, like you're talking about 14 weeks now, like at this stage, and like those figures there, when it says less than five, maybe there was none. And people like I've travelled a fair bit of West Emily, and I've yet to meet anybody who knows anybody who got it. So people feel like you know that it's you know not as bad as they thought it would have been. And they said, then I mean, and the natural logical thing is, you said yourself, why are we still being restricted? Why can't we do A, uh, a B, and C? So I've, I would say, uh, by and large, the Irish people have shown social solidarity. They have followed all the guidelines. But I think the time has come now when you, when you have to give people uh, personal responsibility now is, I think, we say, the key word. It's up to everybody. Anybody who would feel sick, not well, they should not engage in any activity. They should keep away from other people, stay at home, not be involved, in, uh, not going to shops, restaurants, uh, play games. So, I mean, Tom, it's up to everybody to act, you know, for themselves. And you can't expect the government and these experts to guide us all the way. I mean, they have shown great leadership. People have heeded it. But now the time has come 
when people said, so we want to be a bit independent, we want to be able to make our own minds. Yeah, well, but, but I agree with you. taking, you know, yeah. serious risks. I would agree with you there, like, Kimmy, but you see, the, 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 the other end of that um, debate and, and point you're making is, is you're dead right about what you said, like, I mean, Kieran, but you see, personal responsibility, we haven't a great record for here. You see, and if you, you see, personal responsibility should be a responsibility for everyone at the same level. But that's not, that's, that's not happening. You see, this is with parties, with our social events, we say, like, that are out of order and out of control, like all over the country. So really, you see, that is that is the what the, what the medics, I, I believe, not speaking from my medical experience, only that I know that, that listening to the to the people that have come to the forefront now in this this huge crisis and this, I mean, like I mean, this epidemic, that they're very straightforward people and, and they're not talking in riddles. They're just, uh, they're making this plain and they're, at the moment now, I said, they're, they're afraid of what, of what could happen in the event of a complete shutdown of the lockdown, we say. If we, if we go back to normal, to normal where you see, they're, not, they're afraid of people, they're afraid of what they'll do. And as you said, there's a personal responsibility here on everybody and there's also freedom, you know, and there's huge, and the, the repercussions of this and the pressures that, that, that I want to extend from it will be unbelievable. We'll never have seen anything like it in our time. Of course, we, we have the situation in Germany where a uh, meat factory employing 7,000 people and 1,600 of them have got the virus. That was unbelievable. And, and they've oh, shut down the whole city of 375,000 people. Yeah. But that was, that was frightening. But we had it here, like, I mean, oh, it's, it's, I mean several meat plants. Meat here, factories right? worldwide seem uh, to be the case, Tom. Well, what? you see, it's, it's, it's an example as well that you can take from from what, what's going to happen when they, when they like, release the the actual um, shutdown when this happened, when they change it. I mean, these people working close, they work close together. They live in probably in, you could say, hostels, and certainly in a ghetto type of a situation where they're all, where they, where they're, they're all coming from different countries, like Eastern European mostly, and uh, it's like it can spread like wildfire. But I mean, when the when the factories here, when the when the cases were found, there was I don't think there was any shutdown. Which should have been done immediately. They were they should have been closed there and then, and it left a big, a big a, again it left a big problem and the fault of the management of these companies that are that that have that are not keeping the actual standards as to what, what is required. I think myself, but Kieran is right. It's a personal responsibility now, but it's also a serious management situation and the pressure design. I mean, like if there wasn't any matches, we're listening morning or night now to, will there be, will there be cool camps? Will there be club hurling? Will there be club soccer? What's going to happen? Sure, I mean, five people died today. That's more, a lot more important than any club matches or county matches or whatever, because this time will, and if we keep our heads, keep the pressure off. I mean, because the, I mean, Leo Veronica now is under serious pressure. 
unbelievable pressure from the media. I had it last night now, like again, he was on he was on prime time last night and he got a right in, he was good now. He was actually he he was talking since for once. But I mean he he, he was put under fierce pressure. All the the news programmes as Chiron has rightly said, the same questions, when is it going to be one meter? You see? When is it going to be this? When is it going to be that? The same questions all the time. Will it be masked? Won't it be masked? Why are they masked? Are you want to legislate on this? And it, it, it is actually like getting no rightly confusing. I think you're maybe not totally correct in saying that uh, the pressure is just coming from the sporting organisations. I, I think that's far more pressure coming from the hospitality sector, tourism sector, the airline sector. Now, there is no doubt about it. Like, these people are saying that you know, they are in serious, serious uh, difficulties uh, economically. Uh, some of them may never recover. Uh, they're in mass unemployment. So, I mean, you have to take the chance and take the risk with all the precautions there. So, because if, you, yeah. if we keep ourselves sheltered forever, like, you know, when are we going to yeah. emerge from this uh, uh, kind of yeah. fear and dread? Uh, and again, I, I, I feel that um, one of the reasons why people have become a bit impatient and a bit blasé about the whole thing is th there was warnings about surges, there was warnings about, you know, uh, uh, bigger, uh, like, with the amount of casualties. And, and it hasn't transpired, thankfully, in this country due to the leadership given by, uh, by, by the politicians. Uh, I, I must say that there was great leadership given by the medical experts, by the scientists, etc. But it's like everything else, uh, you know, it's been a long campaign and like, you, people get impatient, people get restless, and this body. You're tuned to Wrestling Mick 102 FM phone if you want to call in 06-966-200-087-166-9800 and Jason Smith is waiting for your messages and we have one here already. These idiots telling us to wear masks when the biggest amount of deaths were in nursing homes. Helen O'Brien, glad to know you're still well after all that, Helen, and back on track again. And not long what they're telling you to wear them and not to wear them, but Tom Reiner, correct? There was fierce confusion. They were advising totally against them. They would cause you to put your hand up more often. You would do this and you would do this. And now you have the complete opposite being said. Somewhat confusing. Well, we're just the point we're making, Pat, yeah. I settled on myself. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out, like, what is the actual, what is the proper... You know, real story. The real story. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I, I don't at all disagree, like, with the, with the economic uh, situation that's going, that is developing and, and the people in businesses and the whole lot. But this is, this is a new phenomenon, like, this, isn't, this, this wasn't, like, I mean, nobody was expecting this. People had, I mean, this, like, is going to affect tourism across the board. It's going to affect the, our social gatherings. It's going to, you know, it's, it's big time it's going to, in, it's going to affect uh, air travel, big time. Now, the air, I mean, they actually, I mean, Michael O'Leary kind of came out against it from day one. He was totally against any kind of, any kind of uh, regulation. He wanted to do what he liked and, and, and did, you know. And uh, now, like, the actual fallout like with companies like Aer Lingus, all the international, uh, you know, airlines, the the people that that won't have any work, the pilots, the I mean the the crews, the ground staff, 
they're, they're going to be devastated, like, in that particular area. Look at the actual, as you said, I mean, the hospitality industry here, like Killarney, for instance, that they're on the board this week now, you know, who's going to go and, who's going to come from America? America is riddled with this, you know, I mean. And, who'd and, want them, Tom? Well, who'd want them is right, yeah, but I mean, we, we can't say like that either, Pat, you know. I but mean, the danger but, but is, the like, danger with the flights and everything coming in, like, yeah. and, and this too, you're supposed to put yourself away for two weeks. But they're not doing that, you see, Pat. But there's, the there's no check on that, literally, no, it's only a nonsense that's check. All. Well, that's yeah. all, that's nonsense. only as, yeah. uh, that's, uh, as I wrote out. Yeah. But uh, you see there, in, even in New Zealand now, they were taking great platitudes in themselves that they had eradicated it, and they were, they were you know, they're an island nation like ourselves, but they're in a different situation because they're out and they're one. Only Australia and a couple of small other countries around them. So they, they, can, they could control, like, I mean, interaction and flights and all that. And two two women, I, well, I don't know whether women or not, but I think they were, they were the women or men, but two people came, came from the UK and there you are, two passed through. Went into, and they had a serious kind of isolation I mean, program, but they left them go because it was, they left them out after two days because it was, um, it was a, a funeral or someone that was seriously ill belonged to them, and they had a problem tested positive. So, there's, there's, so the whole thing is, there's absolutely murder there, like, uh, and there's only two cases. No, that's New Zealand. Speaking about uh, New Zealand, I, I think there's great credit due to the Prime Minister of New Zealand, uh, Jacinda Ardern. In everything that she has handled from the time that she took office about the control of the guns, etc., and I think she has been, you know, the, the, the real uh, uh, exemplar in this uh, whole uh, episode of the um, coronavirus. Uh, I would say myself that they will uh, they will check it fairly rapidly. I mean, ha- there was two cases detected, but that isn't to say that there is. Uh, was there contagion there? You know, I mean, they've been proved to have it, but yeah. was it passed on? Passed on, so yes. I'm, yes, but I'm yes. sure, but up to, up to then, in New yeah. Zealand, if you came in from abroad, you were confined to a hotel yeah. for, uh, for a fortnight, you were tested regularly, and that was the way I like to do it. So, I mean, I think if we want to know how to control the thing, how to check it, I mean, let's talk about uh, testing and tracing. And isolation. Yeah, I, mean, I think that yeah. is that is the way to go. And again, I think Tom, come back to the to what I said earlier on. Again, if anybody feels unwell, I mean, the first duty is to themselves, obviously. Then get themselves checked. And if you have any symptoms at all, or to the doctors, or to the testing shows, then you you self isolate. Now, if everybody does that and is is you know responsible, as I said, Tom, earlier on. We're all responsible for it. Now, lads, we'll move away from that one, I suppose. There are a lot of court cases that... And there's quite a lot of stuff that we could be talking about. I'll read this one. It's rather local to the area, and it is well known about a gang that's robbing around Munster. And... Some time ago, so this is from the, it's on the limited results, and today is independent, so it's local. A burglar who was accidentally shot in the face by Garda while he was being arrested has been spared jail. Thomas um, Michael Jonas, 40, a native of Lithuania but living in Clonara, cut by Newcastle, West County Limited, today is independent, sustained life changing injuries in the shooting in 2016. Michael Jonas and another man, uh, Petraska, 32, 
who later both pleaded guilty to burglaries were under surveillance by Gardaí investigating the activities of a Lithuanian burglary gang. Members of the Gardaí regional support unit followed the men's car after it was spotted on the night of June the 28, 2016, driving from Newcastle West. A high-speed chase ensued during which the suspect's car exceeded speeds of 120 kilometres. On rural roads, Gardaí managed to stop the car as one Gardaí got out of the patrol car he service following an accident discharge hitting Mikael Jonas on the right side of the face. As a sentence hearing at Lemming Circuit Court yesterday, Judge Tom O'Donnell said the accused spent several months in hospital and is now dealing with life-changing consequences. He noted that Middle Jonas was not the main brains but a willing foot soldier in the gang. Fully suspended his five-and-a-half-year sentence and judge took into account his serious injuries against the backdrop. Petraska, the other guy, had was of Church Street Red Keel was sentenced to seven years with 18 months suspended. Now there was, I believe, 80,000 stolen in the boutique in the Dairn, that one, and numerous other robberies as well. Well, as most Pat, you know, it's, it's, so, it's the one subject that we've discussed at length here all the time, we get, you know, and uh, I suppose tonight we'd have to... Sorry, Tom, sorry, Tom. Just a quick look at the Limerick leader. Uh, that same guy has pleaded guilty to burglary charge relating to theft of luxury clothing with a retail value of around 240000 from Isabel Main Street to Dare and 50000 worth of designer cosmetics from a pharmacy and so on and so on, right? Uh, well, Pat, I suppose, like, we have to look at and, and it would be a risk of us tonight if we didn't pass it to Garda Colin Markin, you know, uh, that's Detective Garda uh, that, that, that got shot last week and died uh, as a result of, of, uh, of that terrible incident up in Mayo, you know, and, um, and well, he was from Mayo, but up in Roscastle in, in, um, Ros- Ros- and and, you know, that's on top of two uh, men, Adrian Dunhu and um, Garda Golden as well, who have lost their lives, so like, I mean, out in really, I mean, facing these criminals. And, you know, again, look at the sentencing in, in situation there. I mean, you know, it's 2016. Is that when the incident happened? And it is 2020 now. This is 2020 now. That was when that happened. And the whole thing is really and truly, I mean, uh, it's out of control. These these criminals that are that are out there terrorising, Robin and you know the, the Gardaí, When they bring me to court, we've said this before. There, I mean, there was a five and a half year suspended sentence for the mind. And look at look at the record he had. But look at then today uh, when you were sentenced in Dublin uh, of eleven years on a criminal gang as well. That he had 160. 160 convictions in in Dublin for uh, again a kidnapping and and uh, terrorising a family, and you know it's rural Ireland and West Limerick, Tipperary, I mean you know and East Limerick have been we've been the victim of some some really serious serious I mean gang warfare and gang 
gang activity over the years. And, uh, you know, it, it will have to be. They'll have to, in actual fact. And I advocated here and on, on the program a long time ago that, that the army will have to be out supporting our Gardaí on, on duties. Now, last week in Limerick, when you had, uh, when you had a big shakedown of the criminal fraternity in Limerick, the gangs there, the army were there. The, the specialised units in the army were, were, were supporting the uh, the RD and supporting the actual the special response units and all them. And I think that's that's if 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 we go down that road, we have to meet steel with steel and stop to push your foot around with these places. But our judges are the people that'll have to come in and board. For well. all, it would seem that the sentencing that is being given down time and week in week out is not a deterrent to crime. Uh, well, that's obvious. As I mean, uh, it's containing a pace, uh, as Tom said. Uh, obviously, it is demoralising for the for the for the guardy who put in a lot of time and the victims uh, risk uh, in uh, uh, combating these people and bringing them to court. And then uh, not only do they get sentenced, but there's a lot of it is uh, suspended. And then, of course, with army parole, it is like that. What is a five-year sentence could maybe turn out to be a, a two-year sentence. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Is it as bad? I know we say that court case there now. I know that's highlighted in the paper, but, but thankfully, I don't think it's a, a bad in our area. I know, as far as I know, I know um, we say the recent spate is uh, taking. Uh, well, businesses, businesses, uh, corral. The businesses, a lot of businesses have been hit. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, but everybody seems to know who they are. The county seems to know that, but as you said, there was one case, uh, 116 cases. You know, 167. That was today, yeah. Seven. Like, why let it build up and build up and build up? Yeah. And free legal aid, no doubt, as well. Yeah, oh, no, no doubt about that, like. I mean, there's no deterrent yeah. there. No, but, but it, 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 it was nipped in the bud. Yeah. It was nipped in the bud, and a person must get a fairly harsh sentence at the start. Yeah. That's, uh, like, you know, they might come to their senses. But, like, and then again, like, all, all we say you're done in for the whole 167 or whatever it is, all running concordantly. I mean, they're not conservative. Yeah. No, yeah. So yeah. that's why. But, but in saying that, you know, like, I mean, when you look at the actual, I mean, who who is responsible for this? You, you know, I mean, surely, like, I mean, anyone, any young person can get drawn into, get drawn in, like, and get, and can get involved with, with, with criminals, like, I mean, in different ways, through family, through friends, through drugs and the whole lot. But at the same time, surely repetition has to be taken into account. When you go into court there and you're in for assault, your record should be there in front of the judge. The judge should be able to say, look, this man is, he is a danger to society, or a woman, that has to be put away. Simple as that. Just before we go to the ad break, Tom, here you said about uh, the record of the person should be up in my own case where I had the window and the shotgun stolen off the window some years ago. As we said, the guy who had been in court in relation to that was in court on 17 occasions regards the shotgun being stolen from my window. And then he was later up in court within 12 months of that event for uh, <coughs> collecting a large amount of drugs from the post office in Newcastle West and his barrister said he hadn't ever come to the notice of the Gardaí before. What kind of a system, country have we got at all? A total Tom and Jerry show it would look like they're running. Folks, it is 10 o'clock. We'll go to Ned break and we'll be back to you shortly.
County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views is broadcast on the 24th of June 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on Westlinwick 102FM. Carol McCarton joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, folks. That's the case of law and order, and we could give the hour and a half to the, to the thing, but it just goes on, and nobody seems to get too excited anymore. We're getting people, people are being murdered. Nowadays, they've been chopped up into small little pieces and scattered here and there, and all kinds of things like that. But, but it's, it's that, taken Pat, for granted now, literally. In know? saying that, Pat, I mean, even recently now, have, haven't we, you know, like, I mean, having lived through different stages of development of the country in different ways like I mean isn't it unreal the actual barbarity that's involved now in and the people that have been killed there was another woman murdered in Dublin with a, a sword a knife quite a piece yesterday or the day before Sunday, again. Sunday morning Sunday, so, so. and every morning we get up now it's um, you know there's horrific murders like and mm. attacks and you know I mean and you wonder like I mean, it, remi- it reminds me of what was said during the famine that there were so many people dying in the roadside that it caused no sensation people just took no notice they got so used to it we've got to that stage here now as well they don't even talk about it the following day no they don't yeah. but if you look at some cases I know last week just just to come to mind there was one case there about uh, you know this this girl and her partner uh, he jumped on her head 17 times or something who was counting the number of times he jumped on her head but surely to God as, as we have discussed here already there has to be personal responsibility somewhere how did they get involved with these maniacs or how did they is it, what's the cause of it like is it drink or drugs or is it just it's uh, like a bit of our time plus the consequence of what it is uh, uh, video games now you know I mean people uh, are watching you know violence of the most serious and yeah, I will agree with you that, Kieran, yeah. yeah. I agree with you 100% there yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. People growing up. I'll just give you one example. It's, it's, it's an anecdote. And this man now, I won't mention it, uh, he happens to run a, a fleet of buses. And one night, this is fairly recent, about three years ago, got an underage disco, took um, a group of people from, 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 from his area, and they all got out of the bus, maybe 10 or 12 of them, and one of them said, red lights, uh, knives down your, down, down inside your socks. Everybody was carrying a knife. The driver stayed around, came home, and resigned. That's what you have in this country. There's people actually going out 
I mean, you saw what happened there in, in, in Cork there, maybe uh, just before the uh, lockdown, you know, that, uh, that house party. Student, yeah. Student, right, No, it is a serious yeah. offence <coughs> to carry a knife. I don't understand why people are not giving massive, uh, long sentences. Yeah, for for the carrying of knife. A knife is more is nearly more dangerous. Than What's a knife? Knife like a knife won't, won't. Is serious. But now, gentlemen, you? we'll move it. Yeah. We'll move it. Uh, there are so many topics. Uh, looking at the Irish Independent, quite a few people ran to me about it also, and I heard a small bit of it myself as well. Vandals described as mindless for defacing statues. This particular headline here is vandals described as mindless for defacing Sean Russell's statue. The statue commemorating our War of Independence hero Sean Russell has been defaced with rainbow-coloured paint. Standing at in, in Fairview Park in Dublin, it has caused controversy recently because of Russell's courting of Nazi Germany in 1940. Statues around the world have been damaged for this, or destroyed as the Black Lives Matter protests in the US have led to the re-examination of historical characters. Passers-by were alerted to the vandalism of the Russell statue yesterday morning in Gardaí in Dublin City Council officials are investigating. The Department of Parks is being drafted in to clean the statue. Numerous politicians, including Lord Mayor Tom Brabazon, condemned the latest vandalism as mindless. Over the past several weeks, the statue of singer Lou Kelly in Sheriff Street in Dublin has been defaced and parts of the Tree of Life located at an entrance to St. Anne's Park in Dublin also were touched last Sunday. This latest act is giving all the wrong signals. I just can't understand what goes through people's minds. It's completely mindless and goes beyond my understanding vandalism is not the way to go he said there was a democratic way to make objections heard and that is through Dublin City Council they can't take the law into their own hands every time statues or indeed any type of public artwork has to be cleaned by the local authority due to vandalism it costs the taxpayers money now that that has been discussed that particular thing and it is also alleged that um, the T-shirt Lee of Radker suggested that possibly the Sean Russell statue should be taken down. Corral. Well, he's totally wrong there. I mean, Sean Russell fought in the War of Independence, uh, continued to be a Republican, uh, took the anti-treaty side, um, stayed within the IRA, and again, uh, at the outbreak, or coming up to the, to the outbreak of World War II, uh, like, like all Republicans, uh, uh, Britain's difficulty was Ireland's opportunity. Uh, he sought uh, aid Uh, weapons, uh, to import weapons from Germany. He was not a Nazi sympathizer. He he tried other countries as well. He had been in America and other places. And people are, this is a total distortion and a lie of history. You could say the same thing like about uh, Roger Caseman going to, uh, say going to Germany, that he was siding with the Germans during the First World War. I mean, that's a lot of, I mean, this is because people understand very little about history and not taught history. And people who say that if, if we take, there's many other statues and place names that should be removed long before Sean Russell then. Sean Russell was, a, 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 he was a Republican, a patriot and an Irishman. And he deserves to be recognised as much as, as anybody. There are place names in Dublin that could, that could come down, street names that could come down. There was towns and they're, and they're still on, on which has street names. Now, if I was removing any of them, I would remove those first. What, remove. What's the view of the T-shirt picking out that particular one? He's selective here. He's been very selective. Uh, again, because it's, it's the flavour of the day. 
I mean, all this is going back to what happened in the States. What's happened in the States has nothing really to do with this country. It's to do with the American Civil War did not finish uh, after the Gettysburg Address. But why do you think the paint, why do you think the painted rainbow colors, this business of this? Well, I, I just don't know. I mean, uh, it might be more difficult to remove the paint or something. I don't know. Well, I'd like to... Uh, compliment here on, on, on his account here of John Russell, you know. And uh, to be honest about it, I, I knew ab about him, but I, I, I wouldn't have the in-depth knowledge that, I, that, that, that Kieran has. And as I say, he was a patriot. And I think it actually, that he was a very bad form of Leo for, to, for to, have, to make a statement in that regard. Because by saying that, like, I mean, first of all, he showed... He, he, inaccuracy about about history and uh, you know there's there's an awful lot like listening then to what he says and and uh, said well look we'll throw it down we, and if we don't remove it should we pull it down because you have hit cases and you have fanatics everywhere even we should do look any one of our greatest I, I suppose I mean natural traditional singers his statue statues now to him have been defaced and ten times I think now in in all, in no later than yesterday. And you, as Kieran has, has rightly said again, you have this American situation, and in England at the moment, the Black Lives Matter, and they do, and very important, and the Civil War never ended in America, uh, economically, like they're still there, and, and socially as well, and and in and across the water towards from us, it was it was the main factor in the in the Brexit vote, and that that no one think otherwise. And now here at home, it's beginning to raise its head again. So you know, Leo, like for us, he got great praise, and I just said a praise him last night for his for his. Uh, performance in television were very good and answered straight and there was no human in harm with him but and you can agree with him or disagree with him but they they can't you, you know give that jump on the bandwagon to that extent I think it's very bad form and it was very bad politics for him last night to do that Right, but where does it stop? I mean Exactly Where does it stop? I mean I, I want to just say life or not life for example but said like around him, said you have Jackie Power, a great hurler, around as a statue of him up in out in um, Anacate. Somebody would say, I don't think I don't like hurlers. Hurlers shouldn't be uh, given any uh, kind of a, a prominent place. Or uh, we, yeah. I don't like hurling, so he must go. Uh, you can go down uh, O'Connell Street, and there's four or five different statues down there. Uh, some of them are yeah. just symbols. So folks will move it again as we can. Plus the fact, history of times, even though them, some of the people that are up. That may have had caused mayhem in this country. They may have been part of you know, the British war system and control you know, of, of Irish people. Uh, went against, even say even during famine times. At least, if we say, what is that person there for? What is their significance? Go, you can go and say, learn something about it. Yes, yeah. and it reminds you. Yeah. But don't close the book on history. Yeah. It is of the period as well, and I suppose it's a bit ironic that uh, the same political party people were going honouring the Black and Tens not too very long ago, and now the same suggestion comes to get rid of some of our 1916 people's statue. Now, again, there's a warning about dogs being stolen, folks. I think everybody here and everybody but, but, listening. But, but, just before I go, uh, there, was a, there was a very simple commemoration in drunk Oliver last Saturday evening you know you had the, the burning of the courthouse and uh, there's a plaque on what was the courthouse 
and uh, relatives of the people uh, who got burned, like she got burned and uh, died, and say one was severely burned. Well, I mean, you could really go on and say, well, that plaque shouldn't have been on that courthouse. I mean, the people that went there last, uh, actually there's a photograph in uh, the Observatory this week, uh, they were very proud that their people you know, played a part in the war of uh, independence. Yeah. Now, you might have somebody come and say, oh, we should not give any recognition to what happened. I mean, a person passing by, they'll read that and say, well, uh, they might be curious, inquisitive, and they'll go away and learn something about yeah, well, it. And the same happened happen below yeah. in, in Chrome during the war of independence, four lost their lives in the bombing yeah. of the quarters. But as you said there now, like, I mean, uh, this a simple thing you now, along the lines of what you... What, what you're after saying there now. Uh, on the open, um, where the famine, where you have the famine, uh, Fierna. Uh, where the famine memorial is, is, I was there one morning, and there one morning early uh, with the county arms, Copenhagen. And I was um, just there, like, as, it, as the hounds were hunting and I, I hadn't seen actually the demo. I, I was reading the actual family memorial there and looking at it and it's a, it's a brilliant absolutely and you know it brought back a lot of memories like I mean it, 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 it educated me as to what the situation was really and I took a lot of I took a lot of interest in it and the history of it and the whole lot which I shouldn't have to wait it I shouldn't I should have known that but I, but I didn't to the, to the same extent but the county the actual, um, the the huntsman was on horse, on horseback, right? and there was um, there was a journalist from the uh, from the British hunting uh, paper there, you know the magazine, the hunters, whatever they call it, and um, so they were looking at us, and your man said. Um, the huntsman said to him, it would make you ashamed, he said, to be British. I heard him saying that to the actual, to the actual, uh, so in other words, that in itself, copper persons, your whole theory about these, the, about these memorials and, the, and what, they, what they mean and what they serve and what they have done. And that, I, that stuck in my mind. And there was a, a, there were two Englishmen, he said, to make you ashamed, he said to be British. Now, uh, we should thank Pashir for, you know, yes, uh, uh, yes. doing all the work that he has done. Yeah. Now, we'll move on to the dogs. There's a lot of dogs being stolen at the moment. I understand in England there's huge demand for puppy dogs and all dogs because of the older people being locked up, locked in, and <laughs> not mixing to the same extent, so they need pals and friends and dogs or the in thing. So, uh, Corral, I'm sure, is quite familiar with, was it 14, was stolen in Drumcalho recently, and here in today's Independent, there was 14 dogs, was, um, uh, 500 each, Recent space continued with four foxhound puppies, and they were 500 each stolen in Galway. It's all over the place. I was passing through Ballingarry recently, only the past fortnight, one evening, my wife and myself, and there was an English red cow coming behind me, and I was conscious of the cow behind me, and there was two lovely little fancy dogs on the footpath outside the house, just beside the village, and the English cow stopped and a guy got out and I stopped as well 
and the guy got back in again and drove on. <laughs> so it would be a case of you see two dogs, you stop your car, bang, go, gone, you know. So people, you've got to mind your dogs and you've got to mind your house, you've got to mind yourself and be alert as was be alert. Back to this machine here in front of me. I, I, say one thing sorry? I think one of the reasons why there is a, a spate of um, dog napping or staying of pups and dogs is that people are paying astronomical yeah, 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 and yeah. I mean, this is encouraging yeah. that type of person yeah. I, I was told no, and this is on good on good uh, authority that people are paying up to 2000 now for pups 6 and 7 weeks now there is no pup I don't care. Even, even the best greyhounds. I know somebody, Corral, who paid a thousand, and after a couple of months, if it lasted months at all, they didn't realise that the dog tended to do things in the house that should be done outside in the lawn, and they gave him away. Yeah. After paying a thousand. Oh yeah, they can have him too. Gave him away for nothing. But, I mean, <laughs> it is encouraging. It but, is encouraging. But boasting about how much they got. So yeah. I mean. I mean, if you're definitely inclined, so, geez, there's, uh, there's pups. If we get our hands on them, yeah. get them chipped, uh, export them, like, easy money. So be careful, folks, and be extra observant in any strange cars or anything. Note the number as well. I send this. I send this text from the clear blue skies overlooking Knock Row and Carroll Can the panel please get a view on whether the government, uh, the program from government, will pass all party membership and what options do they feel? I'd I'd open to them if they does if it doesn't get green. I personally I feel the role in agriculture is finished if the Green Party enters government. There was never any independence that they could pick that would form a government without Sinn Fein. Mark Tierney. Good evening, Pat and Tom. Nice to hear you there again with the great show keeping us up to date on what's going on around the country and country. And I wish to God they'd form a government and get on with the things. Hi to panel and I can't wait to visit my hairdresser next Monday, please God, after being locked up for so long and get my hair nicely styled to be beautiful and glamorous when my lovely Tom will call ha 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 Polly the Port <laughs> and it wasn't a bad old day in my rose garden thank God it turned out a beautiful day Polly it was nice in the morning it was piddling rain in the morning but it cleared to be a beautiful day hello Pat and panel I send this text from the same place as before can the panel please give their view on whether the program government will pass all party what does the options open to them if they don't personally the same text again from Mark Tierney and of course that's the story about the government and the, the surprise news to some I suppose it's surprise to me I, I'm sure you've heard that one Tom Eddie Ryan has quit Fianna Fáil again? Had you heard that? No? No I didn't <laughs> Yeah, heard that yesterday and while I'm at it now you can bear this in mind gentlemen and hopefully somebody might confirm that uh, 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 Fine Gael man told me that the, the voting sheets that he, the sheet that he got had a number on it so that they can tell now who voted for and who voted against. He had his voting card for this uh, government acceptance and the card is numbered. Which card are you talking about? Uh, he's a Fine Gael member. Yes. And he'll have a vote whether he'd accept or reject. Oh yes. Oh, you're talking and that about, voting yeah. card that he got has got a number on it. Well, have you 
Well, I suppose like that would be probably control as well, and uh, they're looking as to what's what's happening inwardly in their own in their own party. You know, I I think that uh, it's 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 not it's not democratic anyway. There's no other but that. But then a lot of people will say, is the system now democratic? Like we elected 166 TDs, and we're advised tonight with. Three days to go. Whether we'll have a government or not, I think it's the greatest fiasco I've ever seen in my life. You know, I, I've never seen such nonsense, such stupid debate, and disagreement as has been signed will no, will without any costing whatsoever. And I mentioned here last Wednesday night, I had queried and we had, said uh, myself had, had had a very heated debate here on, on, on policies and costs of policies. And one night, and I said that uh, that was the reason why I opposed it. The Sinn Féin uh, manifesto, and now we have a, we have a bigger disaster coming down the line. I don't know what's going to happen, Pat. Or somehow, can anyone? Uh, uh, is it like the virus? Are we just taking this thing that this is going to happen? I just go back a moment to the Limerick leader again here tonight, and it comes out now on the Wednesday. While the two local councillors have rebelled against the programme of government with a toad saying he is deeply unhappy with what's on offer, there was shock in Fianna Fáil circles this Tuesday when one of the three when one of the three quit the party. Long-serving councillor Reddy Ryan has sensationally resigned from Fianna Fáil, which he says has treated him scandalously. The elderly man made the announcement at a meeting in Capamore, Kilmallock Municipal District, held in Kalasha, Joseph Kilmallock, this Tuesday. Proud to choose his meeting as grassroots Fianna Fáil party members returned their ballot papers, Councillor Ryan and Kevin Sheehan revealed they voted no on the historic deal, which would see the soldiers destiny go into collision with the Green Party in Fine Gael. And the party's second general election candidate, Michael Collins, who is set to be elected the new mayor of Limerick next week said it's a very difficult choice as a senior party member. Both Niall Collins and William D have endorsed the deal, which, among other things, will see a rotating T-shirt and a pledge to ban the sale of new and the importation of second-hand petrol and diesel cars from 2030. But many local party members have said they are voting for the deal through gritted teeth. High-profile escape Council Kevin Sheen, a former mayor of Limerick, has, has voted no to the deal he, and says he has urged other local party members to do likewise. If the Greens get their way, they will destroy rural Ireland. So it goes on and goes on and goes on. But, but that's OK, Pat, it goes on and goes on. But, you know, I mean, I, I'd say now that since the, the economic war, like, and probably before it, we haven't seen such uh, such a serious situation nationally across the whole realm of, of government. You know, every area is under serious threat. And it's been pointed out here tonight, and and like this isn't about parties at all. This is about about the future. This is about the the, the young people that are going to school, that are going to colleges, and it's not about Kevin Sheehan, or it's not about Eddie Ryan, or Tom Ryan, or anyone else. It's about it's about government that can get this country steady the ship, and like try, and it's only a try now because I have my serious doubts about that part. That 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 documents that has, been, that has been agreed on. And to hear the, the Greens, including the, uh, the Vice President who sat at the negotiation table, said she didn't want it, she didn't want any coalition, and 
Now she wants it. They're counselors around the radio morning, noon and night, uh, all the, uh, most of them against it. And uh, they have an ardent, uh, an ardent voice in our, in our, like, I mean, in the formation of government here. I think it's the greatest heap of hard wallop I've ever had Tom, in my life. The, the people in Fianna Fáil, many of them, Chris Teeth and all that kind of stuff, and, and I've spoken to a lot of them, and they're absolutely furious. One would have, Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil have been complete opposites, insulting each other and humiliating their leaders and their members for many, many years from opposite sides, including Mial Martin and Leo Varadkar and the last government. And one would have thought that Fianna Fáil calling themselves the Republican Party and Sinn Féin, who is without a question the Republican Party, you would imagine that it was with... Sinn Féin and Corral, they should, Fianna Fáil should have been joining with. Yeah, of course, uh, both Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael call them the civil war parties, I think some people uh, call them that. Uh, they showed awful arrogance and self-righteousness by not recognising uh, a quarter percent or 25 percent of the electorate who voted in the last general election. And I think this is why we have this fiasco now. And uh, people say that, uh, you know, there's... Um, like Fine Gael at the outset said they want to go into uh, uh, opposition. They are reluctant partners in this government anyway, on their own admission. Uh, the Greens are only there just to prop them, prop them up. Fianna Fáil just could not, um, because they were, they'd been misled by their advisors, uh, that not to go near uh, Sinn Féin. But the reality is, is coming home now. And if the Greens do, we say the Green membership, if they vote not to accept it, you, you have a, a very, very, very serious uh, situation. And they'll be going back to the table again, and no, an, an, another uh, programme for government. Like, I mean, but it's, it's, it's the doing of Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael who, who would not recognise that there was 25% of the, of the latter voted for Sinn Féin. They wanted to exclude. Now, they find themselves, find it very difficult to get the numbers. And if the Greens uh, membership says no, well then they're left you know, with egg on their faces and they have to take most of the blame. Yeah, well, the blame game, you see, well, what is the blame I game don't, here? I don't have to blame now, but you know. Yeah, I know, blame. you see. But, the, you see, the whole point about it is that there's, um, there's, I mean, like, if you look at the actual policies, there, there's very little between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael anyway. You know, I mean, policy-wise, they're both right from parties. All of Fianna Fáil, like, I mean, claim that they have to, that they hold the middle ground and that they'll support the working class people. And but at the same time, their policies are are, are fairly are, are fairly you know joint, and um, without with one or two exceptions, like in in different periods of time. But what I'm what's puzzling me now is like that. You have now we say we have we've had a government we've had an election okay. Um, nearly four months ago now. Okay, the virus intervened, and maybe thankfully, not thankfully, but for the political parties, it kind of took the pressure off them, you know, and really. But we really, like, we don't see the actual, the, the consequences of our present position and where we, what we have got ourselves into across, the, like, through the virus and, like, 
with the with the, the consequences of that and down the line. The actual our economy is now, you know, I need to be a very wise now and a very you would want to have 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 be looking at things very carefully before you could take, for instance, any any notice of the economic advisors and the economists and the people that are that direct I mean policy really across the board because nobody knows what's going to happen here. Our financial situation is precarious. Again, I mean today we were we were looked at and we we mentioned that the revenue are looking at at the monies now that they're giving out at all the companies and that and so there's there's an awful lot of underlying things going to happen. But really and truly this country like needs a government. We need a government and we need a government that's going to rule and that's going to that's going to guide us and be able to control the situation as to what's happening. And we haven't it like so how is it say both Philip Bonfiglia refused to recognise the actual mandate that was given to to the Sinn Fein party? Well once you start that and once you start differentiating between different voters. Now folks we'll go to an we'll go to an ad break we'll back to you shortly. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. My name is Pat O'Donovan and we are joined by Tom Ryan and Coral McCurton and we go on for another half an hour live on this Wednesday night. This programme is repeated tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock and if you want to call in or text in 0696200 or 0871669800 and Jason Smith is ready and willing and able waiting for your messages and I have a few text messages and things then when I come back after the ad. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views is broadcast on the 24th of June 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limwick 102FM. Kowal McCutton joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, folks. Tune to County Views, Newcastle West, West Limerick 102 FM. If you want to call in 0696200 or text 0871669800, Claire Terry and company enjoying the programme. Why don't you mention the, <coughs> the medical staff and the people in the hospitals, the, the staff in the hospitals. If you send us in a text message, we'd mention anything you want us to mention about them. And good evening, uh, 
panel. If a government is cobbled together the weekend, how long will the Greens last? They are badly split. At least 10 independents will be needed. Mike Barrett, what is the point of political parties if independents control the balance of power in nearly all governments? Brendan Moore in Ballylanders. Brendan, you must be high up in a hill in Ballylanders if you're receiving us, I would think. And Pat, the only ship this new government will steer is the Titanic Helen O'Brien. Now, I'm sure Michal Martin will be a very, very happy man because it seems to be his sole ambition in lifetime is to be Taoiseach. Yeah, this is the nonsense to see that, that he's at the kernel of all this, you know, and, uh, you, you know, it's pathetic, really, like, that, uh, that you'd have to. And, like, you see, it's to listen now and to have him as Taoiseach, like, and, and this is a, as an, an ambition, like, and it's his role, it's, you, you, he'd be the only leader of freedom fall there was never a t-shirt and all this nonsense like you see this is the this is the kernel of the whole thing we want people to lead the country like we want to uh, people that we can look up to that we that, that will say look don't mind the next election or the one after that this, this is the one you, you know there's also well he polls. was the man that said he would not go in with Fine Gael before, well, before the see, election yeah well I have no problem with with, with, any, with, with, with Fine Gael and Fine Gael I mean joining up like because under the circumstances like I mean I'm looking at the what's going to happen for the country we want people we want ministers now we don't want personalities like we want ministers that are going to say look this is what we're going to do I mean the actual future of, of our youth and our, our economy is being threatened in every possible at every possible site you know and we've got to say look we have People have to stand up and say, look, in leadership and go all over government, <coughs> in the civil service, in the whole lot. You know, they did it, I mean, they did it for the actual uh, catastrophe that we had with the virus and they managed it. So we want the same type of leadership now across the board in our economy. As but to, uh, Tom, are you not giving enough credit to the medical teams involved in this? I give credit to them from the word go. Yeah. And as, the, as our Texas said, in our, our frontline staff yeah. who weren't who were let down badly and the people that offered and came back from Australia and America to serve and didn't get jobs and the ones that got jobs when he got shot had them contracts yeah. with, with um, you know with outside agencies I'm glad you raised it isn't that an absolute appalling absolute situation a scandal a scandal but you see, Pat, the way them people are treated but you see this is the point that's been missed in the whole thing we're talking about we're talking I mean here about people that took decisions to leave jobs in Australia New Zealand and America and the UK to come back they were wanted here we want you back we'll give you jobs and I think out of seven there were thousands and people came back and I think only about 170 got employed that's a scandal of the highest order and it's not being covered at all well, it's only mentioned, but I, I'm amazed again, gentlemen, that there should be an uproar because I was talking to a woman recently and her daughter had a good job, permanent job out in Australia. She heard this wonderful appeal you needed to save your country, save your people. Back she came. She got two weeks in hospital in Dublin in, in the serious zone at the time. She's done nothing since and she's been financially aided by her parents. Yeah, got nothing. And now no job, no job, and can't come back to Australia. Yeah, yeah. this is unbelievable. Shocking, shocking. It's un unbelievable. Even prior, even prior to the outbreak of the uh, 
coronavirus, there was a shortage of doctors, nurses. Uh, the INMO have been uh, talking about this for years, have been, pl have been pleading to uh, retain the nurses, uh, give them better pay, because most of them that went abroad went because the pay was not good enough. So they came back, and now they're saying how great they were, clapping them and everything. But yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you have to be able to put bread on the table. And if you don't pay your nurses and pay your doctors, well, first of all, employ them and pay them a proper wage. And they've been they've proved their worth over the last uh, four years. But is, isn't this a total contradiction, though? Isn't it? You know, and it's a disgrace. Gentlemen, where, where is the opposition that should be shouting? I, I don't hear them. There's one more, I'm sure. No, 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 there is, there is, there is. I mean, Sinn Féin have said it all the time and, and, and have been continually saying, one thing is, this pandemic has, for one thing, the border and partition is, is meaningless. Uh, this uh, pandemic base has been officially handled on a, on a 32 county basis. Now, the same can be done for environmental, housing, transport, education, health. You can see a combined country, a united country, is the answer. And Sinn Féin is always just... Corral, about these nurses and doctors came back from Australia. <laughs> they are left high and dry. They are the ones I want you to talk about. I feel sorry for those people. Well, you see, not a lot... Yes. pointing out if this, this is an example of what we can get from this new government, the way they are treated, because you could, you could nearly say that the, that the government that hopes we there are there now. And this is the way they're treating these people. They had so billions been thrown around like confetti, confetti at a wedding, and now they won't hire the staff. There are vacancies everywhere. There are sh staff shortages, but they won't hire these people. That's an indication yeah. of uh, what's in store from this Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael government. Well, we have to give them, you see, we can't, we can't actually condemn it now like before it happens. You see, this is the, the problem. This is this is a machine fans. I mean, attack the, the attack dogs of Fianna Fáil now are at this already. Now, let's presumed that as a government informed because that's all we can do and to be honest about it like I would have faith that surely now that we'd have learned lessons and and one thing that we all discussed in this program here was the management of our health and our justice there but one area is where what we spend most time talking about and I think a lot of talking sense as well like we're talking here tonight about the areas like where before the virus, we were shot the doctors, we were shot the nurses, even that they were, we were being told blatant lies. That's what we've been told, that all the, the actual nurses that were qualified this year were being, were being implied, and they weren't being implied. They were getting short-term uh, short work with agencies. And so that's not good enough, you see. And, all, and, and the whole consultancy, the, the consultancy situation hasn't been resolved either, or during the doctors, the same way. And it's also said, if, and you made a point yesterday, Kiran, and I, I just want to come back to it. You said, this is, uh, the, I mean, the virus and the sickness is a personal thing. If you're sick, you're in your doctor, but you can't see your doctor now. They won't see you. Now, Tom, as you raised that, I'm looking at all things, and just for Mike over in Ballylanders, he says, <coughs> Mike in Ballylanders, I'm at the bottom of the hill, I'm hearing you loud and clear at the bottom of the hill in Ballylanders, so I'm glad that you're over there, Mike. And now that you're on, just as we said on the limit later this week, and I'm glad to relate that the Capamore Kilmalik Municipal District had less than five. There were six in Dune South six in down south and in all the other electrical area around there there was less
less than five COVID cases. And then here in the West again, Adair South had nine cases, Askeaton West had six, Ballinacarriga was seven, and Croom had seven cases, and Redkeel, Urban Town had 13 cases, and Dromard had less than, had, had, had five, six cases, Dromard, which is Redkeel, had six cases of the virus, and Newcastle West Town had 14 cases. So, as we've said earlier, folks, on, on the virus business, it is still out there, so wash your hands, be careful, and it's not gone away. Now, back to the screen again. <coughs> <clears throat> I'm hearing you loud and clear. We give that one. Uh, Mike and Bell and Gary, ask the panel, how come some of the GPs in Newcastle West won't see their patients at the moment? There is some others that will. There is one specific GP that won't see you, that won't see anybody. Uh, I don't know the answer to that one, lads, but all I do know is as I drive around, as Robbie McMahon says, as I drive around in my private motor car, where there was once queues outside doctor's surgeries, there's nobody at all anymore. It seems to be gone. And of course, we have the hospital where there were in trolleys left, right and centre. They all seem to get better very fast and people any quickie comment lads about the doctors not seeing about patients about the hospitals and uh, the HSC have been saying it and doctors themselves and consultants are saying that uh, there's going to be a very very serious there is a serious situation developing has a lot of people that should have gone and, and attended their GPs or gone for uh, appointments <coughs> to the hospitals um, have either been uh, told not to come back or they decided themselves not, uh, not to go. So all those cases are waiting there. There is hundreds of thousands of cases now waiting for serious, serious... But Carol, uh, Carol, you, you, you're not a teenager, you know. And uh, Tom, I go back anyway. I go back quite a lot of the times myself. But back in the 50s and early 60s, very few people just go to doctors. Now they seem to be running for the oh, least yeah. little thing. like So maybe they're washing their ears and face and a few more things maybe and give it a few days till it goes away well people are, are, are nowadays diagnosed much much earlier with underlying problems so obviously uh, you go into your hospital then to be treated I mean you hadn't that uh, situation back in the 50s and the 60s things are I, I would agree with you. You'd often wonder why is there so many people, yeah. uh, like, why are the car parks full? When they want to come out with something else, Tom. Well, the point is, you see, that, um, you know, it, it has been the, the bone of contention, like, for the past nearly 20 years now, I mean, the health service. Several ministers have, have come in with different philosophies, different policies, different, you know, I mean, socialist policies and every. But at the end of the day, you have about a three tier service here, you know, our mental services are non-existent in areas like the southeast. That isn't even a psychiatrist. So I mean, the overall. I mean, let's not get let's not get blinded by the. I mean, by the virus situation. The same problems are there, only multiplying. And we, people were frightened from going to hospitals. They were told you can't go. They were told you can't go to uh, you can't go to your GP or to make a phone call. Sometimes you can't get through. What are you supposed to do? You know and. And, and that's probably right. There, there, there are doctors that are not 
seen patients. So, like, I mean, isn't the time to, to say no that, that we have these doctors, we have the nurses, so and we have the facilities as well. The hospitals doctors, are there. I'm afraid they might get something from the patients. Is no, that what it's about? No, it's not that, but I think you should. I mean, it's their line of business. They have to they take the responsibility. Yeah, but we, 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 had, we had they also we had, take the, sorry, the, the we had the protection. People, we had the people in the care homes, and they just abandoned them and disappeared and left. Or did you? And a lot of the people left. That was, that were asked to go in and work there wouldn't work there you know but yeah. well, that was again a lot of them were private a lot of them were badly managed as well mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. shockingly bad both private and public and we saw with, Mary's in the with the staff. fear with the fear that was, the fear that was driven into the people at that yes. time we were all going to but, die we were going to get this that and other was it any wonder that, that many of them yeah. all uh, the ran away all the testing procedures were cancelled you know we had the cancer we had the, 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 the cervical cancers all cancelled and now they're saying they'd be back in July but why not say now like we we have the facilities we took over there we have also like I mean created like field hospitals why dismantle them they're all there they're all fitted out they have so why not equip them with doctors and with nurses and and get stuck into this problem. There are, as, as Tyrone has rightly said, there are hundreds of thousands of people waiting for procedures. And, you know, it's we have TDs and politicians taking buses to the north. I mean, that's a, that's a scandal, like, that we can't handle that here. We have hundreds of thousands now of nurses and f- frontline people of all, of all, like, I mean, types of, of uh, people that are qualified in the health area. What's going to happen to them? Are they, are they going to be left on the shelf because they have no place to go now? So why not imply them if when all this money was lashed around there two months ago? There was billions. No one, yeah, no one yeah. questioned it at high upper holy. As I know, in the programme program for government now, I haven't read it, but I've read kind of a synopsis of it. There is no mention of what you have said there. No, no mention at all of how they are going to, you know, uh, create a better, uh, say, uh, health system, how they're going to have extra nurses. And it's very vague. Very vague. Across the whole sphere of, well, of the document. Uh, yeah. And, and it's not costed. But that would be one area where yeah. they should be very specific. It should, of course it should. The next one, Kiran, should be housing. Yeah, yeah. Housing and and and, and the landlord system. Right? And I'll come back to the help. Like, uh, like there is a one-tier health system there at the moment. Why not leave it there? Yes, I would advocate that. Like, but there isn't the one. There isn't the one. Now, gentlemen, I'm yeah. pushing it on again. <coughs> it's not going away, you know. Shop local as well. So wash your hands, keep your distance. We can keep repeating that, folks. But, but Pat, shop can we just can we, can we just make a comment on that? Yeah. And the shop local thing now. That's well. a new thing now that was yeah. coming in. And well, by Irish, is by Irish allowed to be said? Am course, I allowed yeah. to say that? We're Tom? allowed to say that, and we're allowed to promote Irish produce and that, and we will always as well. But the thing about it is, like that. Again, we see we often debated here about about the villages and the demise of our shops and the demise of our of our local villages and local towns now and big towns and small towns and uh, come to cities. No, like people, I always advocated that this was the fault of the people themselves. They went, but they they forgot the people that they provided from and they went into the big glamorized multinationals and they spent all their money and they came back for a pint of milk you, you, you had to have that from in the paper for the morning but it, but the main shop went to the Germans and I went to the, to, to the UK and all that but 
That was caused by people, by ourselves. Now we have we, we have a new phenomenon now because we'll have to pass now Tim now and we're going on to the, to the, the, the online job. What's Amazon, is it? Anything you like, it's yes. a lot, shop online anyway. Uh, online. Yeah. So now what's that going to happen? Who's causing that? Who's doing that? People again. They expect people to have jobs. They expect people to be able to be able to provide a business. But, Tom, but when they want to buy something, Tom, they go online. Tom, that's a double-edged thing now because the rates are just unbelievable. And we have traffic wardens going around some of the towns, and you can hardly get out of your car, and you might have a ticket when you come back. So <coughs> there's yeah. high rates. We've covered that. Yeah, but there's no rates for online shopping. No, there's and no people rates. Can, yeah. And the, the misfortunate people, like the lady in the there that was robbed in Ratkeel, Newcastle West, with their shops, it is said that some people will go in, look at the clothes, and look at the different things in that shop, go away then, and buy it online. Exactly. And leave you sitting yeah. like a twit until you're gone. We're making you're gone, isn't gone, that, gone. Isn't that what we're advocating yeah. here? Yeah. It's people. It's ourselves. It's yeah. people that expect to, that our children will get jobs. Where are they going to get them? In the civil services? That's because it looks like that's the only place that's going to be left. And There's no go. thinking, no thinking, yeah. thinking, thinking of short-term gains. No. Although I think uh, there was, um, well, up to, up to the last couple of, uh, of weeks, anyway, um, the small grocery shops apparently were doing better than they'd been doing uh, prior to the coronavirus. But that should be continued. Uh, should be continued. Yes, um, I, of I, course. Which I, I'm delighted for it. I have often boasted I've yet to go into Tesco, Aldi or Little. I go to my local shop in Bradford every morning. Yeah. And my claim to fame is I was never inside in any of those foreign ones you're after quoting there. And now maybe don't, I don't recommend people quoting shop names, giving free advertising for those. But I have no problem with the local shop being, them being promoted. What is your opinion on the recent attacks on Gardaí and, of course, the tragic death of Detective Garda Cullum Harkin? Our Gardaí are often forced to carry out duty on their own without some basic police protective equipment, such as tasers and body Cameras. Wonderful to hear your show again after the lockdown. And Mike and Ballingari says, following up the previous text, this certain GP, the secretary takes your call and the doctor prescribes you something over the phone, which is not right. That's the way it's all moving. And we did send our sympathies to the Gardaí, both Tom and Coral there, on the terrible tragedy of the Gardaí. But as well as that, Pat, yeah. we have been, we've been, that's an area that we've covered again. I'm not saying we did this, we did that. But we covered that area in depth. Now, I mean, the, the actual, the, uh, the training and the support for Gardaí. And the, the, we even mentioned it, I mean, tonight. The support has to be there. They have to have pr proper protection. They have to have proper management. Paul, and okay, there is an area, we see what's happening to the police forces now in the States and in, and coming out down the line in the UK, we're lucky that, that we have, uh, you know, there are, there, there, there are shortcomings within the Gardaí, we know that, but at the same time, like, I mean, we've, we've quoted here, like, that, that they put their life in the line, now, more so with the crime that's there now, the weapons that's being used, and last week was a, has to be a catalyst. Now, last week we mentioned here, uh, that night, I think it was Wednesday night that, that girl got, got shot, got a Harkin, I mean, call him Harkin, but we mentioned here, we spoke about the actual case in Dundalk, where they, 
where the guards and his wife and their young children and she, his wife was pregnant the house was firebombed yes no there wasn't a word in the all about it yeah. there was no word from from any of the politicians but whereas if it had been a fatality which it could have been only for the some some neighbor there'd be up, there'd be uproar. So, you and see... Somebody caught for that, Tom. Oh, and, and only rightly so. And, 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 and seemingly, but he's only an innocent... He's only a lamb as well in the situation. Uh, I mean, by, in, in the broader context, which we have mentioned as well, the godfathers are being... Are, are, that are controlling crime in this country internationally now with the Killikins and the Hutches and all them. They're, like, they're, like, they're kind of like personalities. So all governments and all justice and all judiciary has to challenge and take on doors and put them away. Now we have five minutes left and we have, uh, as I said, there's a new holding programme on the holding teams of West Limerick going out and that goes out tomorrow at about five past twelve until one o'clock and repeated tomorrow night and the first two team clubs being, being featured are Torn Seamus Horgan and Torn and Torn Apology Club and Mike uh, also Kilidi Mike O'Connor and that's tomorrow at 12 o'clock and Eddie Ryan quit Fianna Fáil and he was a member for about 50 years he has been on the programme here which was fairly often over the past number of years and he was selected last January 12 months for Fianna Fáil as a candidate by 70 spare votes on his uh, opponent and then he was told you'd have to go to Dublin to Upper Mount Street to be sanctioned or examined to see if you are right and he was never called up and he was left hanging for 13 months and then about two weeks before the election he got a phone call we have decided to let you stand now could you do could you humiliate a, a member of 50 years much worse than that no you couldn't like, I mean this, uh, we've we on numerous occasions you know yes but he now has left the party eventually yeah, when yeah, one yeah. would have thought he should have done it years ago anyway but he felt well, you, that he could do I something mean, from within you have interviewed him on numerous occasions and you have put that to him yeah you know I mean quite clearly that's what you call Skoldogrita yeah. that's what he is and he's in every party I had the members of the Green Party she was Borg in Cork and Sinn Féin had their share of it and Sinn Féin had it as well maybe the one tough so to it, go, it goes on in all parties, and it's 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 true to it's true to what you call local issues and local uh, d d d disagreements. And but Fianna Fáil, same Fianna Fáil, same. Sorry, sorry, Carol. Of course, Carol. Fianna Fáil seemed to have the greater proportion of it. They had the Healy Rays down in in Kerry, which cost them a lot. They had Blaney in Donegal. They had Matthew McGrath and in. Temporary. They have Michael Collins in Cork, and it doesn't seem to bother them one iota. They'll reckon the party with it themselves by losing valuable people like that and valuable seats. Well, sure, that's that's the way of politics in this country, you know, and and will, and will never change. You see, because it's all about it's may it's, fail. it's may fail. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah. well, you have strong personalities too. You can see yeah. at times there can be falling out, there can be disagreements. People can, you know, uh, feel hard done by. Well, you see, personalities. And then, and then yeah. Splits and there be arguments, and then just some people say, you know, says, I cannot kind of. 
But they'll sell them, you know, they'll sell them about policy, uh, about his own personality. You see, and and this is what this is what it comes down to, like. You know, this is what's happening now as well. Which Michael Martin, he wants to be teacher, and the country is the country facing the abyss, like. And and now they're looking at who's going to be ministers and what, and that cabinet they put next to junior ministers, you know. So and the money they're getting and the whole lot, but they'll have to be held to account more. That's all. And we had a text in there, Michal Martin is drawing about 4,000 a week, including his pensions. So it's a good job if you can get it. It would seem, gentlemen, it's 11 o'clock. My sincere thanks to all the people who send in messages. I hope I got around to all of them. We thank you for those, and we are glad many of our older listeners are back, and we're also delighted to hear a few new ones there, including the man way over in the bottom of the hill. He tells me in Valley Landers, we're delighted you're hearing us loud and clear. We hope we... we, we made your night a little bit shorter that you found the program entertaining so our thanks to all the callers and I'm also conscious that we're missing a few of the older people hopefully they're still alive and well anyhow and they'll realize we're back in the air shortly and of course my sincere thanks to to Jason Smith for doing a wonderful job here and most obliging indeed in every way and also Sam Ryan an, an excellent character open minded and broad minded as well I must say and never miss Mrs. Knight and Coral McCorton, of course, a man of Sinn Féin, born and bred and steeped in it, and he's not for budging. So hopefully that Sinn Féin will, if it happens that there is a government, that Sinn Féin will excel as an opposition because they say what's worse than a bad government, and that's a, a, a bad opposition. So hopefully the oppositions might come. So I say thanks to all, thanks to the listeners. So until next week, take care. And of course, anyone interested in the GA, tune in tomorrow at 12 o'clock and tomorrow night at half past 10. You know what? So, good thank night. God bless. 102FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views is broadcast on the 24th of June 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on Westlandwick 102FM. Kowal McCatorn joined Pad O'Donovan and Tom Bryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.